0: There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously.
1: To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.
0: Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Net Zero Carbon. I'm your host, Tyler Cole, and this is the show at Freight Waves where we deep dive on decarbonization through the lens of freight, fuels, and energy. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Joe Oliera of Wagner Logistics. How are you, sir? I'm great. Good to have you on. I'm excited to hear about what you guys are doing in the ESG space and your role as the Chief Real Estate Officer and the VP of Sales. You're touching a lot of that. I imagine you're getting a lot of live feedback from customers on this topic. So I'm really interested to hear You know what's your role at Wagner and uh, maybe just a brief background about the company before we dive in.
1: Sure. So I have the pleasure of kind of being the megaphone for all good things that Wagner is doing for our customers and around the country. Um, I also oversee our portfolio of roughly 24 different locations. Uh, we occupy roughly 7 million square feet in the U S and, um, we work with companies, uh, big and small. So fortune 100 companies down through, you know, your mom and pop shop. So, um, we, we get to see it all. And, um, you know, I think for our for our topic today, it's uh, a lot of the encouragement from our customers to apply sustainable practices comes from larger companies. Um, so, yeah, interesting to get into that. Absolutely. We're going to dive right in. How um Maybe a little bit more so, I understand.
0: So you said 7 million square feet, roughly. Is there additional services under that? Do you all have any trucking assets or fleets? Do you do any kidding services? What's the kind of the full scope of what you guys offer customers?
1: Yeah, so typically we cater well to manufacturers that need a distribution center nearby. So we'll we'll bring in the raw materials for them, shuttle those to the uh, factory, and then uh, bring oh. their... Um, their finished goods back over to the DC and send them on down the supply chain. We have uh, a number of assets and then we also have a a non-asset-based um, uh, brokerage uh, where we broker out to various carriers we have a relationship with. Um, but uh, and then we also provide value-added services like uh, kitting um, and pretty competitive with other value-added services that uh, the 3PLs around the country offer.
0: Super cool. Super cool. Thanks for sharing that so you're the voice of the customer the megaphone for the company to customers here how do you view uh, you know warehouses and your specific service in this industry how do you view that role kind of in the broader net zero supply chain context how do you guys help help move everybody that direction
1: uh, you, you know I like to think that we are helping sub- global supply chain managers procurement professionals senior buyers supply chain planners uh, to, to, to look like heroes and uh, that's That's a total, it sounds like a total sales pitch, but, but I, I think that role for those folks along the supply chain has evolved substantially to where, you know, they've gone beyond the pivot table and procurement is not just about, um, reducing costs anymore. Uh, you know, you, you, the value of those professionals has gone beyond that and they have to lean extra hard on their service providers to To give them the information that they need. And sometimes that's, that's harder uh, to quantify than what most people would like. Exactly right. I love that
0: you're saying it's not just about costs anymore because we preach that all the time here, right? It used to be, not that it was ever an easy job because you didn't have all the data and the tools that we have now to get it done, but there's just a higher expectation, right? The expectation now is you deliver a service and lower emissions and ESG footprinting, as a result of your effort to get lower costs. And it's a much, much more nuanced and difficult job, in my opinion. So you now how does Wagner help those folks, uh, pursue net zero? Do you guys have specific initiatives? Is there something you guys can hang your hat on?
1: So it varies by customer, but uh, I think some of the low hanging fruit that we, that we as a company have tried to incorporate would be, you know, things like, uh, electric, uh, material handling equipment or MHE. Um, Across our organization, we're trying to incorporate uh, electric lifts wherever we can, which just requires installing, you know, a few charging stations in the warehouse. Uh, Where we run into obstacles with that is where we have really heavy uh, type product that we have to lift. Uh, In some locations, we have large roll stock paper where, you know, we need a propane uh, powered uh, lift with a roll clamp to come in and pick those things up. So, in those instances, it's hard to go electric, but um, everywhere else, we're we're trying to get there. Um, you've also got LED lighting, um, and that's a, that's kind of a double bonus because if you can put in sensors that allow the lights to automatically come on and off, then you know you're you're only using lighting in the warehouse where you need it. Um, and then, uh, you know, the the from a functionality standpoint, the LED lighting also services to uh, cater to food grade uh, type facilities and operations as well uh, so that you're not worried about lights breaking and glass getting into packaging or into food food uh, food packaging so there's there's that to be concerned about um and then you know as we're servicing shippers and manufacturers we're also looking for opportunities to reduce waste so if we're shuttling raw materials into the factory and we're Packing some of those uh, those materials into a, a box truck or something, um, you know, we would fully expect for those packing materials to come back to us so that we can continue to reuse them until they've, you know, uh, gone through their useful life. And this things like slip sheets, pieces of you know cardboard that you know otherwise would fill up a dumpster, and there's a there's a there's a quantifiable cost with that. Um, and then airbags, other other types of means of getting product back and forth that we can simply pull right back out of the truck and put back into use um, for quite some time.
0: Super exciting. I did not know, I had not ever thought about uh, the food grade opportunity improvement with LED lighting is something. That's another layer of nuance that I don't think most people think about. It's always efficiency and cost and uh, that not safety, right? Uh, and I did not also anticipate all of the... the I think about dunnage a lot as a way to reduce waste. We think about the same thing with empty miles. If your truck's coming back, that you're making sure you're bringing something home. But I'm curious to know how, how you work with customers to do that. Do you guys have a a formal offering or it seems like it might be just a a relationship thing, right? If we're going to be delivering to you every day, you know, help me help you by getting some of this material back. How do y'all think about managing that aspect of a customer relationship?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it boils down to a continuous improvement. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, we're in the midst of incorporating 5S into, uh, many of our locations and, um, it's, uh, it, it's about that communications. It's about that, that relationship and that level of partnership. So it's not just, Hey, just send it to the warehouse and they'll take care of it. It's, Hey, call Joe or call, call Bob and, uh, or, or Jenny and say, Hey, here's what's coming over. How can we handle this? Here's our issue. And, and. You know, I mentioned the the the, the, the procurement professionals and, and the supply chain professionals. They want a partner that's really in tune with their business and can help support their business strategy um, much more so than it used to be. It's not just a bunch of burly warehousemen lifting heavy sacks of grain or whatever you know, whatever commodity it was back in the day. You know, it's it's a it's a completely different environment. It's much more diverse. Environment and that's, uh, that's required change across the board. The, the, the labor, the employment, the, um, the environment and atmosphere that 3PLs and warehouses, whether in house or, um, outsourced, um, are requiring a much more hands on approach to, to see success between the manufacturer and the, and the warehouse.
0: It's definitely a partnership and it's something that I think a lot of people overlook when we talk supply chains. A lot of time, the focus is on freight. I know in the past, I'm, I've been guilty of that myself, right? I'm talking about alternative fuels and that's where the bulk of the emissions are. So that's where we hone in on. Um, but there's so much more that when we talk about break bulk, when we talk about fulfillment, when we talk about e-commerce or even large manufacturing facilities, like that's a real partnership. And I'm curious your perspective on this. A lot of the the freight game, the truck game is so transactional right? there's, there's um, It's not always that way, right? There's lots of dedicated opportunities or lots of partnerships, but I, I've always imagined the warehousing space to be a lot more partnership specific or at least longer term relationships because you're dealing with bigger assets that are geographically like nearby where you're servicing your customers most of the time. Is that true? And if so, does that help when you're trying to like formalize an ESG offering to a customer as an example.
1: Yeah, I think, I think table stakes is understanding what the general, you know, storage and handling costs are for the products themselves. And then, you know, we're seeing this, especially with larger companies where they're, they're asking us to say, Hey, how can you help us support these ESG initiatives? Um I kind of mentioned earlier, but you know th- there's there's the low hanging fruit that you can quickly quantify within a year time or within the annual budget that this is going to create a certain amount of reduction in costs or this will allow uh, for that um, but then you've also got uh, I'll just say you know additional environmental opportunities that that allow you to say, hey, you know, for the community in general, we're going to. Change the the habitat and diversity of the habitat around this industrial park of these big, you know, big box buildings. um, Simply by planting some native prairie grass, like what we have here in Kansas, and by doing that, you not only reduce the amount of landscaping and you know, common area maintenance costs in and around the facility, but you're also encouraging uh, lower water retention because those native grasses grasses they suck up more of the water and they put it out the environment. So you're you're immediately reducing erosion. You're you're encouraging uh more flora and fauna to 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 uh take root there in in that immediate area uh usually where there's little to no activity in and around the landscape. So it's a real opportunity to you know um to help just the local flora and fauna take root there. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's, there's solar, uh, to talk about. It's, uh, you know, we lease most of our buildings. So it's, it's really just us pinging the landlord and saying, Hey, have you considered solar? Here's some, uh, partners that, that we've talked to in the past or that we would encourage you to partner with if you don't already have some kind of solar solution on the rooftop of your building. I mean, you've got a million square feet of space. We might as well take advantage of all this, uh, rooftop. Now, I will say, being in the Midwest, all the hail that we get throughout the year is a bit of a challenge, but um, there's ways around that too.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a sweet spot for having on site solar, and warehouse roofs typically are a great one. And that's an interesting dynamic because that that's very common when you're not the owner of the building, you're leasing the space, and you you don't have control over your, I guess they're technically scope free emissions if you don't own the building. I know you're paying for the power. I'd have to actually check the manual on that one. But Man, then you throw in another wrinkle, just like, we have hail coming through. How are we going to make sure this is an investment that pays off? Are you seeing customers come to you guys and looking to partner on like specific cost investment opportunities for things like on-site solar? There are customers that say, hey, we want to help you reduce your emissions. Let's either sign a, a longer-term contract or figure out a creative way where we can implement some of these solutions. Are you seeing that come in the door yet? I think
1: the main... Not, not for like solar. I think where we'll, we're seeing... Um, request for change is around things that move the needle long term. So uh, most of most of the discussions we have is around labor, and so we're talking about environmental, but we're also talking about social and incorporating, uh, you know, a, a better environment for um, employees to 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 encourage retention and uh, and increase employee satisfaction throughout the warehouse. Um. And doing things like uh, ch- changing up our employee benefits to where it's it's uh, more in line with their uh, their stage of life, whether they have a family, they're single, on the verge of retirement, um, and then there's also things you know like making sure that they have enough breaks and making sure that they're um, capable of lifting and operating equipment that, th- that they have, that they're cross trained, um, and that they're paid a fair wage. Super important and not to be overlooked. You know,
0: the S gets squeezed in the middle a lot of times in that acronym we use. And it's probably the most important thing that we have, right? We're nothing without our people and we rely on one another every day. So I'm glad you mentioned that. What's next for Wagner? Like, do you guys have some initiatives for 2023 that you guys are actively campaigning or working on? Or you have, when you look to the horizon, maybe the next even 18 months, like, where are you guys focused?
1: You know, I think we're really looking to partner with Procurement and, you know, get them, uh, that they, they've evolved beyond the pivot table uh, and really give them the, the answers that they need to, to, um, to make organizational change on their end. And then also, you know, in support of our local communities, uh, you know, being in 24 different markets, we've got a real opportunity to, um, you know, support our managers and the communities that they live in um, sponsoring local initiatives, sponsoring local teams and, and getting the, the word out there, charities, um, and then, and then also encouraging our suppliers and our vendors to go out and, um, be a part of that as well. Um, from an employee standpoint, you know, it's, uh, it's also about health and wellness. Uh, we have a step challenge, uh, two times a year. We also do a biggest loser challenge for, um, people, folks that want to lose weight, um, and then also incorporating, you know, environmental health and, and safety, uh, to make sure that, that everybody feels comfortable in the environment they're working in. Um, it's funny, you know, we've been doing some research on the Phoenix area. And if you look, you know, 15, 20 years ago, the number of warehouses that had, um, HVAC or, you know, temperature controlled spaces was, was maybe 20%. And now that's flipped on its head and it's closer to 80% of those warehouses have temperature control in place. When you think about environmental sustainability, that's a lot of electricity to, to send to that market. Um, but you can't get the labor there to work on a regular basis in a hot warehouse unless you have, um, you know, temperature control. So that's, I mean, that's a downside to. Uh, pursuing more labor in a space as you, now you've shoot, you, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. That's a really interesting observation because we
0: know supply chains about trade-offs. Sustainability frequently can be the same, right? We want to talk about, uh, as to your point exactly, like taking care of our people might require us to have more electricity usage in some of these warehouses. And as the world gets hotter, that's probably a trend that likely continues in certain areas. And the same conversation is true with electrification. Uh, for fleets, right? We're shifting, we're still using energy, right? Hopefully we're using less of it and we're just not combusting diesel to get that. We're using uh, grid electricity or renewables, hopefully, but it's really just a shift, right? And it's all about trade-offs. What do we value more today? So I'm glad you caught that up. That's an interesting observation. I'm curious to you, Joe, I know we could probably go for an hour, but coming up on time at the end of the episode, I ask all my guests that come on the show, you know, what is it about this function of your job this focus right what's
1: your personal motivation to embed sustainability into your daily work part of our governance initiative is to lead by example um i have two boys seven and nine years old and i i would love to to leave them a a a legacy of sustainable practices that they can take and and evolve themselves so i think i think maybe you know as a as a former eagle scout um leaving things better than you found them um, is kind of what I was brought up with. And, and, uh, that, that, that's probably part of my motivation. And, and, uh, when I, when I think about making, you know, small changes locally that echo globally, I think that's pretty cool to be part of that kind of change and to really take care of the, uh, the place where you live and work. So good. I love that. I've got like a little montage video
0: rolling through my head right now of you and your boys throw a baseball in those pollinator gardens outside the warehouse right now. That's what I'm visualizing, and it's so good. <laughs> no, I, I really do appreciate the perspective. I'm glad to hear this is something that, that Wyoming is taking seriously, and even layering in new practices on top of some things that have been you know, ESG for decades that are now just relabeled as ESG, but we're doubling down on the heart behind them, trying to do a lot of good in our communities and for our people. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for coming on the show. We'll definitely have to have you back on soon.
1: Yeah, Tyler, appreciate your time and and yeah, would love to come back. Awesome. See you, Jeff.